how did it inform your creative process getting involved in that? So many people um, who organize those events and who for decades have fought those frontline issues and we should preserve you know, those stories and those records from their perspectives. Um, so I really, I cherish a lot of those images because they're, they're not mine. They're the communities. And so that's kind of what my next drops. Um, I, I've released one um, from my own personal work. And then I am working with my collectors to kind of curate down over 21,000 images of social justice work. You're tuned to the Rcast, where we talk about the blockchain on the Rcast and how your data remains it's the Rcast, where R drive is the topic, censorship resistant permanence. Yeah, we got it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 12 of the Rcast. It's your host, Andrew, back with another interview. This week, we talked to Amy J. Smith about how she got started in photography, how she got into Web3, and specifically how she's been using Rweave and R drive to document various social justice movements through her photography and her writing. She talks about coming from Indiana to California. And we also talk about how we can potentially involve more women in the blockchain sphere. So it was a great interview. And uh, I really enjoy talking to Amy and stop, drop, and upload. Inferno launches in May. This is our new user rewards program where... When you upload consistently, you will be rewarded with R-Drive tokens. For more info, go to rdrive.io slash inferno. And this was voted on by the community. So it's exciting to see everyone getting involved with the DAO. Thank you, everyone who came out to the community call last Friday. We had an awesome turnout. And it's just so exciting to see the community grow and to see all the amazing things the community members are doing, such as Amy. So this is my interview with Amy J. Smith. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Rcast. I'm here with photographer, writer, Rweave advocate, Amy J. Smith, who is an LA-based artist who's doing a lot of work to help empower artists and feel more friendly. Amy, thank you for being on the show. It's it's really cool to talk to you today. Thank you so much, friend. I really appreciate your team over there and at R Drive and R Weave. So you guys have taught me a lot. That's awesome. You were telling me that one of the things that you love to do is learn more about the blockchain space so you can help other artists be educated. How has your journey into this world affected you as an artist and as a human? Um, well, really, it um, kind of... It's funny, you know, how we go through life and we see these different kind of, I guess, synchronicities or whatever we want to call them. And um, when I was younger, I was gifted um, some ancestry documents. Um, and so since I was younger, I've kind of gone down that rabbit hole. And when I found images on the Internet of like my great great grandparents that nobody had ever seen, um, that was kind of one of those moments of what archiving meant, even just in a family sense. And then I kind of randomly got a digital archiving job, which um, I didn't even really know was an occupation <laughs> before I got the position. I just knew how to use um, Capture One and a Phase One. And um, so then that took it to the level of what does it mean to truly preserve um, your archive longer than your own life? looking at a 1900s images and documents from this photographer 
and it was so well preserved, you know, dates and names and all this stuff we kind of take for granted with Lightroom. Uh, so I kind of went down that journey of, okay, so I can keyword everything. I can get it totally preserved. And then I found you guys as far as a permanent storage where, you know, it's not just a cloud, you know, corporate corporate access. Now we are able to truly have our own little home on the internet uh, to you know, store, whether it's for a family or historical documents or well, hopefully in the future, some type of token-gated, you know, access that we can utilize these permanent storages through. How did it inform your creative process, getting involved in that? Also then, you know, I've done a lot of social justice, um, kind of documenting the community here in Los Angeles. Um, and throughout, you know, the last seven, eight years, it was always to kind of tell those stories. Um, and we see on mainstream media that a lot of times... You know, the photographer's winning awards, but people don't really understand the frontline issue. You know, it's not a citizen journalist um, perspective. So then when it came to my, you know, capturing those movements, it definitely played a lot into how do we preserve these? Um, even still to this day, we're trying to download um, live streams off of Facebook, you know, so we can in the future upload those to our drive. And it is kind of a permanent record of what happened um, through these last COVID years and the 2020 years. And then even before that, um, there's just so many people um, who organize those events and who for decades have fought those frontline issues. And we should preserve those stories and those records from their perspectives. Um, So I really, I cherish a lot of those images because they're, they're not mine. They're the communities and, so that's kind of what mm. my next drops. Um, I, I've released one um, from my own personal work, and then I am working with my collectors to kind of curate down over 21,000 images of social justice work. On amyjsmith.com, you have under your journey tab, you have two really interesting pages. You have this documentation of the Standing Rock story, and you have pictures from Charlottesville, and they're beautiful photos that reflect what you're talking about. Would you mind talking about those collections? Both of those are extremely emotional. Um, You can see on the Standing Rock one, um, you know, from those very beginning days, it was Indigenous-led. And one of the reasons I wanted to document that movement, that was the first movement that I started to document. Um, There was a filmmaker that was there doing drone footage Um, And being able to watch that on live stream from L.A. in Standing Rock, it was so inspiring. And to show that solidarity, you know, it was like, all right, this is the tool I have. I can tell the stories of the people here Um, and the indigenous school that helped lead those movements. um, Simeas, um, you know, it's like for them, I want to, you know, help in any way with these images preserving those because those kids are now growing up you know and it's like I remember the very first time I heard them speak and it like brought me to tears to see like oh my gosh a future generation that you know is gonna save the day I guess um, but it's like the digital smoke signals page that was what really moved me um, to help document um, from the people's perspective and not from my own sell it to Alame. Uh, so I never sold 
anything because it was always truly for us. Um, and, you know, Mr. Dewey passed away while I was making that page. Um, so it kind of solidified, you know, synchronicities of life of like, keep this path going. It's important because, um, you know, a lot of people saw that movement on the mainstream, but to really preserve the, you know, the real frontline versions of what was happening on all fronts. There's many photographers who have these type of archives, I guess. And that's, that's beautiful because it's like showing your community, the LA community response and the connection and how we're all really going through the same struggle in a way of trying to be heard and trying to make the world better, I think. Certainly. And then how we, you know, kind of show how big that solidarity is uh, when it's coming from a mainstream kind of CNN headline. It's like, how do we really show the world that all of us are connected and we all can work together um, to build bridges, you know, see what we want to see happen in order to break away from oil and divest from big banks. It's like, I see web three as a huge possibility for that um, kind of, giving the freedom of transacting with one another and what does that look like, you know, now in a new world we're building. I, when I think about Web3, I think about like the bridge between the 20th and 21st centuries. And um, before the interview, we, we both talked about how we're fans of old school hip hop. And when I think about like hip hop's cultural agency was this ability for people to, you know, with sampling, with rapping with retelling stories of the past in a new context, reclaiming the narratives that we've been told in a way that is personal and makes sense to us. And I was wondering if you, Amy, would be able to like describe how that philosophy might connect to the idea of what it means to be self-sovereign and, and how you feel about that term. And if that relates to your art at all. Most certainly so. Um, I think when we look at decentralization and not just, you know, a lot of people think governance, but um, it's also that collaboration, you know, just like film or hip hop, it does take a team. And um, there's all sorts of different perspectives that are going to, whether that's bringing justice or bringing solutions to communities. Um, and so I think when it comes to artists that do photojournalism and documentarian work, um, the more we are doing it from a grassroots perspective and not from a top-down perspective of you know, AP or Getty, the more we're able to dilute the mainstream na narrative, the more we're able to truly tell a wide variety of stories and not just that one headline you know, story at the border that this happened that is being repeated all over the news. It's like, let's really personalize um, what's going on and you know, I would love to see old school hip hop kind of preserved on the archive like that, where, you know, we can tell that story of four elements of hip hop and why those amazing leaders that formed, you know, like KRS-One, it's like, it, that's what got me into hip hop was seeing, you know, the temple of hip hop and the first time I saw them live and um, just going from mm. Indiana mainstream top 40 music at 18 and then at 19 to see KRS like that. It was a huge paradigm shift as far as music. And I think that was probably one of the awakening moments of like, 
oh, wow, what else is in the world that isn't on MTV and the radio and maybe made me a little of a rebel. <laughs> yeah, Karis, one, he was like a huge inspiration for me because he brought that spiritual element. He wrote that really great book, The Gospel of Hip Hop, which um, really was when I was in my mid-20s, that book was really inspirational to me because it was reflective of his quest to draw connections between the the culture, the people, the stories that exist beyond like what we're told is good music, is pop music. And so it's cool you mentioned him because he's a, he's a big inspiration. So you said you grew up in Indiana. What were some of the things that helped you, inspired you along your journey to the West Coast? Well, it's, you know, to even get to Los Angeles, it's like I never dreamt of making films as a kid. I was not one of those that dreamed of Los Angeles. Um, and I made the move at 19 to Phoenix, and I did real estate. And, of course, you know, finding underground hip-hop and all those things is such a young age that definitely um, pushed me towards uh, b-boy culture and a lot of my first days of photo shoots were a lot of dancers and b-boy competitions and things. Um, and so then, you know, as I progressed as a photographer, I was also modeling. Um, and so, of course, I kind of fell into the, I want to shoot fashion and beauty. And I took a f- apprenticeship here and it was actually in Santa Ana. Um, I moved to Orton, like, San Diego, like North San Diego County. And I didn't have a car. I didn't realize how far Santa Ana was. All my modeling jobs were in Los Angeles. I just came here and was like, okay, we're going to make this work. <laughs> uh, so I spent a lot of time on the Amtrak. Um, and, wow. you know, <laughs> then I got here and people would see my modeling book and they're like, you should be in Europe. This is not the type of fashion here. And so that pushed me even more to you know, photograph um, my friends and actors and models that I met along the way in a, um, in their natural light. I know I say like capture light a lot and it truly is that like authentic version of people's selves, you know, to show them like, you don't have to be airbrushed and skinny and all these things. Like we're all beautiful and we should all be comfortable in our skin. So I definitely, uh, shied away from the modeling after a while once I saw um, kind of that whole world and, you know, continued on my capturing friends. And um, now I do a lot of musicians and really working on how to, you know, use your guys's art drive as well to build all these ideas I have with my social justice. Um, so I've been, that's like been my last six months is really digging into that. On your site, you talk about your journey into blockchain. Where did Arweave enter into this narrative? Uh, I probably would have never, you know, understood the value of having my own smart contract and the metadata. Um, if it wasn't for Murat Pak, um, he does, you know, a lot of kind of encrypted tweets and things, um, but those have taken me down a lot of rabbit holes. Um, kind of researching like, okay, if I start this, I, I obviously don't want a shared contract um, on OpenSea. And so then when I started searching out Manifold and they had Arweave, and then I found the HTML pages, 
I was like, oh, okay, now I have to figure out how to use our weave and our drive. And once I saw how easy it was, I keep trying to tell everyone, like, guys, it, it, it's easy. Like, it's just like opening Google Drive. Like, <laughs> The stereotype, it seems, with Web3 and blockchain, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but the stereotype is that it feels very male-dominated. And I'm wondering if you think that's true, if that's just my opinion, and what it's like being uh, a woman in this space, if you don't mind speaking on that. You know, everybody shares around the, the statistics and we can see, you know, there's the discrepancy. And um, I think that also comes down a lot with kind of how males and females um, communicate. You know, I think a lot of women think they need to match the male type of energy in spaces to be seen. Um, and I think, you know, there are some men that, kind of are opening the seat with a listening ear and allowing women to be our matriarchal, compassionate selves rather than, um, I've always had a problem with this. Like I've worked in cannabis a long time and um, even in film, it's like women are, for me, I'm not very confrontational and you know, sometimes when you know something, men don't listen anyways. And so then it kind of prevents us from speaking out. And so I think the more our society kind of uh, understands that, you know, we communicate in two different ways and society has put a lot of pressures on a lot of us to kind of survive on our own. But I think in Web3, we can really you know, start to understand each other a little better as far as communication style, where we're not all, you know, in this uh, very ego boastful ways. It's like, you know, I know hip hop is very, <laughs> very competitive and <laughs> battle rapping. And it's like, you know, I like, how do we show each other's um, qualities rather than trying to meet this sales pitchy kind of tone that I think a lot of the space is, and we see a lot of the, like, even Pac, like, we don't know if it's a male or a female or, you know, it's kind of an AI. So it's like, <laughs> we also have that kind of, um, you know, option for people to kind of be whatever they want to be. And, you know, the more we allow each other to be vulnerable, I think it'll open up better communication styles so everybody can see that they have a place in here and you know, not so much working from the top down. It's like really looking around us and seeing, okay, what can we build together, you know, instead of, oh, these people aren't looking at us or they are not doing it. Okay, let's build it. <laughs> yeah, do you feel like that's like reflective of the artist community or just in general, the Web3 community? What would you say about that? Um, I will say I am... Um, I am extremely blessed with the Ash community. Um, I've been going through some uh, family things the last couple days and to get on my Twitter and see so much support and love and messages and um, try not to get emotional because it truly, like, the Ash community is one in a million. Um, I, I've never, you know, thought, like, oh, wow, like, some people I've known weeks, some people I've known months, um, but the support, the encouragement, um, and they're all the same, you know, it's like they all want to learn, they're all teaching each other also, and, and pushing 
the space and what we can design with the contracts, what we can design with longevity and gaming and tokenomics. And, you know, that obviously spawns from Pac, um, you know, him kind of, you know, leaving breadcrumbs, I say. I say he leaves the breadcrumbs and we all kind of like, oh, let's Google this. What does this mean? And, <laughs> and like... <laughs> takes me on all kinds of uh, knowledge, extreme knowledge that, you know, I'm, I'm so thankful that, to have that type of community uh, around me. And it, it's quite different than most of the space. <laughs> Would you mind talking a little bit about the Ash community? Because I've heard about it, but that's honestly something I don't know a lot about. Um, I kind of see it's an ecosystem within an ecosystem. It is on the Ethereum blockchain, so it is an ERC-20. Um, and the way that it was released was through burning Pox work. Um, so there were different tiers. Um, and so, you know, it kind of allowed people who had collected early to kind of get ash and that burning mechanism of creating scarcity with his work. And so for me, I always tell everyone, I feel like he's showing us a model of possibilities and that you know we don't all have to just do ethereum and if we want to decentralize we are going to kind of need to build mm. these little pods that you know then bridge and work together um and seeing the the amount of like true friendship that has been you know birthed amongst this community uh, is really beautiful you know we i've said synchronicity so many times but it's like some of these people, we've been reading the same books our whole lives, um, like watching the same movies or inspired by the same things. And I kind of joke, I'm like, were we all just socially engineered by a social engineer? <laughs> it's like, it's too, too crazy how alike we all are. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. And how we all, we all find each other, right? Like, yes. Is there anything you're working on that as we wrap up that, that you're excited about or that you've just launched um, that we can talk about it and promote to the, to the audience this week? Um, well, right now I do have um, my kind of, I guess it's my Genesis drop. I did um, do the Obscura Who We Are grant in December. So those were kind of my first three mints. Um, but the new project is up right now. Um, and I'm working with the, first collectors um, going through kind of what I see the future of the social justice work being. Um, so I'm actually going to be using our drive as like a proofing space for them um, so I can upload thumbnails and they can kind of go through a larger selection of the days uh, and the different topics and us kind of as a community preserving and also creating, you know, a narrative of what tells the best story together. Where is the best place people can see and support that? Right now on my Twitter, there are um, some links for my OpenSea. Um, and then I do have, you know, a Patreon where I put more of my kind of researched and those also are my updates um, of Web3 from when I first started. I kind of put all my brain dumps there. Um, so that also kind of breaks down a little bit of longevity, what I see um, I've been in cannabis since 2009 and I see a big potential for hemp uh, to 
be utilized for artists in creating vertically integrated supply chains, potentially through DAOs. So that's also something I'm kind of working on in the background. Um, I did just have an unfortunate family event on this weekend, so I'll be gone for a few days um, back in Indiana, but I will be back. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear about that, and I hope that you, you all can find some peace and we'll be thinking thinking good thoughts. Thank you. I, I really, I had to do it because um, through all these months, my niece has been there uh, a listening ear when, you know, it seemed impossible or it was tough or I felt alone. And so I know that she would want me to do this because we've been looking forward to it together. So um, it also, you know, like going through a family archive, you know, it also meant a lot right now to like archiving popping up again of you know, going through years of family photos and photo adventures and, you know, being able to keep those, you know, so that all of my family can access them and not just my hard drive. <laughs> to celebrate her memory, it sounds like. One day I will have them all a folder on our drive. <laughs> that's special. Well, that's the, that's the um, yeah, the permanence and the things we create and the, and the people we inspire, like that, that, that doesn't go away. I appreciate you so much. And, you know, you guys keep putting up the videos and um, I definitely send them off to people in different spaces and, you know, anything that I can do to help you guys, you know, get the word out or any of those things. I am here for you guys. Thank you. Thank you, Amy. Um, well, we'll, we'll keep the conversation going. And like I said, amyjsmith.com, really beautiful website. Please check it out. I appreciate you. Thank you so much, Andrew. And thank you to the teams over there. Be sure to follow Amy's work, uh, support her creativity. Be sure to keep following the R Drive social media channels. We'll be back in two weeks with Big Arch, who's a YouTuber who talks a lot about R Weave and R Drive. So we'll see you then. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.